This place has known magic. Very dark, very powerful. This time, I cannot hope to destroy it alone. Times like these, dark times, they can bring people together. Take my hand. And they can tear them apart. These girls, they're gonna kill me, Harry. On July 15th, the darkest hour. This is beyond anything I imagined. Is upon us all. In my life, I've seen things that are truly horrific. Now I know you will see worse. You're the chosen one, Harry. You have no choice. You must not fail. It's over. And welcome to Trex in Sci-Fi, everyone. This is podcast 236 for July the 19th, 2009. This is Rico, your host, as each week we bring you the latest in Star Trek, sci-fi, fantasy, information, news, commentary, and whatever else happens to cross my mind. That, of course, is one of the, uh, I think that's a TV version of uh, the trailer to the new Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince movie that is now showing in theaters everywhere. I did uh, get out to see it yesterday with my wife, Lynn, and I'll have some comments, uh, spoiler-free comments, uh, later in the podcast. The main subject, though, for this week isn't Harry Potter, but we'll talk about that a little, is going to be the uh, really just great... uh, kind of, I don't know, maybe classic you could call it, but it's not really that old. Anyway, we're going to talk about the TV series Quantum Leap, which starred Scott Bakula, ran uh, in the late 80s, early 90s uh, for about five seasons. We're going to talk all about that show uh, this week on the podcast, talk about the kind of genesis of it, uh, some of the background on the show, some of the individual episodes, just give you a kind of an overview. If you're somebody who knows the show, uh, hopefully it'll just be kind of a reminder and maybe, you know, look it up again on Netflix and, and rent some. Or if you've never seen the series at all, hopefully this will intrigue you enough to seek it out. So that is, uh, that's always kind of my goal when I do these kinds of shows for when the people that have enjoyed these series, you know, it'll just be hopefully a fun little uh kind of memory and and returning to something that they've enjoyed Uh, but I think my more you know major purpose usually is to try to bring in some new people that may have missed it may have only seen a little bit of the show and then maybe want to look it up again Uh, uh, you know you can see these things sometimes even online streaming and obviously DVDs and rentals and all that so that uh, that's the show for this week and uh, let's get to it it all started when a time travel experiment I was conducting went a little caca. In the blink of a cosmic clock, I went from quantum physicist to Air Force test pilot, which could have been fun if I knew how to fly. Fortunately, I had help. An observer from the project named Al. Unfortunately, Al's a hologram, so all he can lend is moral support. Anyway, here I am, bouncing around in time, putting things right that once went wrong. A sort of time-traveling Lone Ranger with Al as my tanto. And... I don't even need a mask. Oh, boy.
Yeah, that was one of the early introduction uh, themes and comments uh, that Scott Bakula, of course, uh, doing his role of Sam Beckett in Quantum Leap there, the intro uh, that I just played for you to start the podcast this week. It gives you a little feel for the show if you're not familiar with it, and of course we'll be talking about that a lot uh, coming up here soon on the podcast and uh, some excellent music there, and we will have a music segment discussing the music from the show by Vartok also coming up uh, later in the podcast. So where to begin? Always the the trickiest part of the show. Uh, Let me, uh, I I guess a couple things. First, I want to thank uh, a couple of uh, people that donated to the podcast this past week, Brad and Iona. Ionia? Iona? I-O-N-A. <laughs> anyway, both of you, thank you very much for your donations. Also, thanks uh, to the regular people that uh, their monthly donations came in uh, in the last week or so. Those are always helpful. Again, if you'd like to donate to the podcast, you enjoy listening, uh, please do so. You can find links to that uh, both on the main website at treksinsci-fi.com, and there are links also on the forums if you're a member there. And if you're not and you like the show and the podcast, definitely sign up over on the forum. Uh, We've uh, got a lot of fun people over there, a lot of good discussions, and always some neat things to talk about. And, you know, people put up their photographs, and uh, it's just a great place to hang out with some good people. So check it out. The big thing for me, of course, this past week was I had to take a trip out of town to do a job interview. I I think I mentioned that briefly on last week's podcast. Uh, I I headed towards South Carolina for an interview. And uh, in a nutshell, I'm not going to talk about it too much, but the interview went very well. Uh, The job seems uh, like something that is a very good fit for me. Uh, They said they might spend about a week or two uh, deciding and maybe talking to some other people. So we'll see. It's... uh, it's kind of a, uh, yeah, it's a complicated situation to think about moving for a, a job. I mean, I, I, it's, it looks like a good place, good people, a good company and all. Uh, but to have to, you know, move from where I live and the families and it, just a lot of things to think about. So, uh, but it would be nice to be given the opportunity. I certainly would uh, welcome that. And I, I think it, uh, you know, when all is said and done, if this were to happen, it might be at the end of the day, hopefully, a, a really good thing. So, uh, and it looks like a beautiful part of the country. Anyone out there listening that might be in the Carolinas, North or South Carolina, you know, please uh, shoot me an email. Tell me all about it because uh, it, it, you know, might happen. So, uh, I, this is in the uh, South Carolina part, and uh, just I guess about 40, 45 minutes south of uh, Charlotte, which is in North Carolina. But again, lovely country, great people, and uh, we'll see what happens. What's going on with the latest Star Trek movie? Let's find out. What do you say we go? The movie is still playing in some theaters, but the big thing I wanted to talk about related to the uh, Star Trek movie, J.J. Abrams' uh, smash hit from uh, May that uh, came out, is the announcement for the uh, DVD and Blu-ray of the movie. The The date uh, that it will be coming out, according to uh, my sources, and I think this is kind of a worldwide, I don't think it's coming out any sooner anywhere else that I know of. Anyway, the date is November 17th. It'll be out uh, this fall. And the versions that are uh, going to come out are there's a, a simple fairly 
playing uh, a single-disc DVD. There's a two-disc DVD set and a three-disc Blu-ray uh, set. So those are going to be the choices. And I'm just looking and scanning over uh, some of this stuff. Um, it looks like you'll you'll see on the DVDs, uh, on the DVD sets, you know, you'll get some commentary, some gag reels and things. Probably of biggest interest, uh, they're going to be deleted scenes, uh, things like Spock's birth, uh, the Klingons taking over the Narada, uh, young Kirk, uh, Johnny, and Uncle Frank, and another scene, Amanda and Sarek argue after Spock fights, prison interrogation and breakout, which is related to uh, some stuff that didn't uh, wasn't shown that happened to Nero during those whole you know 25 years that he was kind of hanging around out there. Sarek and uh, Sarek gets Amanda. Not sure what that was exactly. And what else here? We got Dorm Room and Kobayashi Maru, original version. Kirk apologizes to the green girl. And Sarek sees Spock. So, uh, And then there's some other little features. One's called To Boldly Go, uh, which was... You know, kind of the genesis of the whole project, uh, the casting, aliens, the score. There's a cool little uh, DVD ROM features along with it. Um, it looks like on the Blu-ray version, you get most of this stuff plus some additional material. Uh, things about uh, starships, for example, warp explained, the paint job, uh, bridge construction, uh, something called the captain's chair, Button Acting 101, Shuttle Shuffle, Narada Construction Accelerated, uh, Something About Aliens, The Alien Paradox, Big-Eyed Girl, Big Bro, Quinto, Klingons, uh, and uh, just extra stuff, all kinds of things. And there's a, a cool little tie-in thing they're doing also that you'll be able to use and interface with uh, what you get uh, onto an online website, which will give you additional content. And I think that's just only on the, the Blu-ray version, I think. I'm not sure. I'll have to look that up again, probably on the DVD as well, the two-DVD set. This perhaps might be the, uh, might be the first movie that, that uh, will encourage me to get a Blu-ray player of some kind and, and buy a Blu-ray version of this. Uh, just uh, It looks like they're, they're really pulling out all the stops, throwing in a whole bunch of extra content uh, for this set uh, that's coming out again November 17th. And uh, it's going to be pretty cool. There's one thing that people always talk about with these that uh, that doesn't seem to be included. You know, the deleted scenes are there. You can watch them. But from what I can see, this isn't any kind of director's cut or expanded edition. In other words, you can't really watch a a longer version of this movie with all these scenes put into it, uh, as far as I can tell here in this version and this release of it. That's not to say, you know, in a year or two, whatever, Perhaps maybe before the next movie comes out, they'll hit everyone again and say, here you go, here's the extended cut, you know, going from like an hour or, uh, sorry, 127 minutes to, you know, maybe two and a half hours if they include all the extra little scenes and things, you know, like they did with things like the Lord of the Rings movies and, and all that. So uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if someday we get something like that. Uh, I, you know, either way is okay with me, whether they're incorporated actually into the film or you just watch them as separate elements. Uh, it's it's kind of, you know, I, I can understand why they do it this way, but it seems a little money-grubbing, too, when they re-release it again, maybe uh, in, you know, another few months or a year or two later. So that's the uh, big news about the movie. Uh, you know, it's still got time to go see it. It's showing in a few theaters still around, especially if you're in a bigger town or city nearby. I'm sure you can still find it if you want to see it one more time before it leaves the movie theaters. 
there, my name is Meds. And this is David Frost. You're not David Frost. Alright, I mean, this is Mark. And we are the present. Mark? Alright, get on with it. Okay. And we're the presenters of Waffle on Podcast. And we like to talk about. Crap. TV broadcast between 1960 to 1999. Would you say it's crap? Some of it. Really? <laughs> Especially the British stuff. But we've already had a podcast about that, so let's move up on that. Unbelievable. You can find us at the http colon forward slash forward slash waffleon.podbean.com. Do not smile when I say the word colon. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to talk uh, briefly about the, the new Harry Potter film, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Uh, I've probably said a few times before on the podcast, I, I'm a big, big fan of the books, the movies, the, the whole uh, Harry Potter you know, franchise, let's call it. And uh, this one was, was, was very good. The movie was excellent. Enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, I've always read the books. I, I think, yeah, even the first... I, I've I've been able to read each of the books, you know, before seeing the movies. I, I've always enjoyed it doing it that way, especially with Harry Potter. For some reason, there's a lot more depth and richness and, and information in the books than they can manage to put into a even a two and a half hour film. And it, it never really bothers me to know what's going to happen, especially with Harry Potter, where it, it, it's such a big phenomenon, and it was very tricky and hard for them with certain things that have happened in the books within, you know, days of a new book coming out. If, if, unless you were very, very careful, uh, some of the big things that would happen in those books was was pretty much everywhere. You know, newspapers, magazines, uh, on the internet, of course, uh, it was all over the place with some things. And you know, there as the books have progressed and they've gotten a little bit more you know, mature to a degree, you know, the the kids, the the main three of them are getting a little older, so there's a little bit more dark stuff going on and things happening. And, you know, each of the movies and each of the books, of course, there there's usually uh, two or three pretty big events uh, that happen that I think if you knew about those and you just heard about them, to me it would be kind of disappointing. You know, when I first read these books, when they pretty much when they first come out, at least I get a chance to experience that for the first time myself when I read the book. And then at some point in time, a year, two, three, or whatever it's taken, I eventually get to see it in a movie. Now, The Half-Blood Prince, I I did read that not too long after it came out, which was, you know, how many years ago now? Four, five, something like that? So, you know, it's a little foggy in my head. I knew the basics of it. I knew some of the big things that happened and, and even some of the littler stuff. But, you know, a little of the detail had been sort of muddled or or muggled. (laughs) That's not the appropriate word to use. But anyway, you start to forget a little of that. And I had heard briefly, even though I try not to listen and hear a lot about, you know, what people think about the movies and and that before I can get a chance to go and make up my own mind, I had heard that they would kind of diverged a little bit from the book to a degree, maybe in this movie more than uh, previous. But I'll have to tell you, since it's been several years since I've read the book, I didn't really notice that that much. They certainly didn't change anything major that I could see or remember. So I don't know if that's a spoiler. I, don't, I certainly don't think it is. But the 
the the crux or the essence of it is if you're a Harry Potter fan, th- this is definitely a must see movie. Definitely go see it in the theater. Don't wait till it you know comes out on DVD. Uh, there's no question they did a, an excellent job. And one of the things that I I love about this is that they've managed with the films to keep pretty much everyone in place uh, almost without exception, uh, except in the case of like Dumbledore where you know the the main the actor they had at first and gosh why is his his name is blanking but a a a famous actor who was in he did it for the first movie only or the second i'll have to look it up when i take a quick break here but but they had to replace him uh, because the first actor had passed away but everyone else is back and it's kind of it's like a reunion every time you get to see one of these movies you know the especially the three you know harry ron and hermione the main characters they've and since they're growing up throughout the books and they're growing up for us in the movies that that's always really a a big treat to see uh, how much they've developed as actors and 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 just just seeing them again after a few years it's just a lot of fun to to have that happen and all even all the secondary characters and supporting roles are pretty much there and uh, even though they don't get a lot to do a lot of the time and the focus has been slowly being pushed, I think, to the main characters, maybe even more so than it was earlier on. It's still fun to see those, you know, Professor McGonagall and, uh, you know, just just everyone, even some of the other professors. So this movie is, is uh, I think, fairly dark. And like I said, things are getting a little more intense. It's actually, I believe it was only rated pg which always kind of surprises me just a little bit that they do that. But, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not a rating board guy who does that. So I don't know how they decide these things. But anyway, it, it was good. I think it could perhaps be even maybe my favorite so far. I, I think I almost say that every time I see a new one of these. But some of that has to do with just that it's getting a little more rich and the story's getting deeper and all of that. And uh, I do have to say, I think the last book that I read, you know, the, the um, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, which came out, is it two years now since that came out? I think uh, 2007, I believe. The That book is just wonderful to read. And uh, I'm not going to say anything more about it. I mean, it's certainly been dissected and, and it, you know, but if you, again... I urge everyone to read the books. The books are just, to me, almost more fun to to experience than the movies. I mean, I enjoy the movies. I like going to the movies anyway. But there's just something about sitting down with a new Harry Potter book, and it's just kind of, it's a little sad that there there aren't really going to be any more for a while. I mean, just these characters you get to know so so well, and and they're just good friends. But uh, So I haven't really talked that much about the movie, but again, I don't want to spoil that much. It only came out a few days ago. Everyone, uh, go see it. You will not be disappointed. It, it's amazingly done. It's you know all the effects and all that, that they do in these movies now are just mind blowing. I, I I mean the kind of things that they can do are, are just with computers and 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 computer animation. Again, it's it's like I've talked about with comic book movies and a lot of other films and when they did Lord of the Rings, this kind of stuff it would never have been able to be done like this. Uh, you know just. Not that long ago, you know, 5, 10, 15 years ago, you couldn't do the kind of things they were able to do now. And uh, it's kind of nice, especially a movie about magic and, and, and that kind of aspect, that it's very hard for them to do that in, in I, I guess, you know, building something and making it happen. You know, having fire shooting around or or these things flying through the air and, and, and all kinds of stuff like that. So 
Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Go see it. You won't be disappointed. Hi, this is Rick Moyer. Moyer777 on the forums. I love Treks and Sci-Fi. Rico, you rock. And you know you inspired me to do my own podcast. And so I have. Every week I've started putting out a podcast called Take Him With You. And it's all about my life and the world around me. You might find it interesting. I guarantee you, you'll smile by the end of the podcast. And in a world that is kind of depressing lately, I think it's great to be encouraged every week. So would you try it out? Come take a listen. It's at www.takehimwithyou.com. It's called Take Him With You, the weekly podcast that's spiritual, not religious. Okay, to get us into the mood to talk about our main subject, Quantum Leap, the TV series, uh, I'm going to start us off with the uh, first part of Vartok's musical uh, segment about the show. And this is about six minutes long, a little bit more than six minutes. And I will be back to start the uh, full discussion and commentary about Quantum Leap. So take it away, Vartok. Imagine there's no heaven everyone, this is Vartok again with another music and sci-fi segment. For today's segment, I'm going to talk about the music to Quantum Leap, one of my very favorite sci-fi television series. When Rico announced that he was going to do Quantum Leap this week, I jumped at the idea of doing the music, an easy choice since I have long owned the CD, music from the television series Quantum Leap which was released in 1993. This show, which ran five years, amazingly starred only two main actors, Scott Bakula as Sam Beckett and Dean Stockwell as Al, unless, of course, you include Ziggy, the supercomputer. If you are a younger sci-fi enthusiast and only know Scott Bakulas from his role as Captain Archer in the Star Trek Enterprise TV series, it just might surprise you to know that Scott Bakula is also a singer. In fact, you've been listening to Scott sing Imagine, one of the all-time great Beatles songs written by John Lennon. Scott sang Imagine in the Season 3 episode titled The Leap Home, Part 1. I'm going to assume that Rico has used the Quantum Leap main theme in his podcast, and so I have not included it here. The theme was written by Mike Post, one of the most prolific TV series composers with 120 entries in the IMDD database. Just some of his theme music includes The Rockford Files, Chips, The Knight Rider, Hill Street Blues, The Greatest American Hero, The A-Team, Magnum P.I., Doogie Howser M.D., NYPD Blue, and Law and Order. Mike Post composed scores for 36 of the episodes. Other composers included Velton Ray Bunch, who completed 24 episodes, and Jerry Grant, who composed 10 episodes. 
Throughout the series, Sam is called on to perform music. This includes singing and playing the piano and guitar. Sadly, due to copyright clearance issues, some of the music has been replaced for home video and DVD releases. singing in the title role of The Man of La Mancha. This track is from the Season 2 episode titled Catch a Falling Star. As it turns out, Scott actually got to sing in The Man of La Mancha when he was very early in his career. Here is Scott recollecting back on that time. Yes, I did The Man of La Mancha when I was very young. I believe I was either 20 or 21, and I got a chance in an outdoor summer theater in St. Louis to portray one of the greatest characters ever written. It's a huge role, and I'd love to do it again because it's been a long time, and uh, obviously I think it's probably better to do it when you're a little older anyway. But I didn't know the difference. I was young and uh, naive and just uh, went full bore into it and had just an incredible experience. One of my strongest memories about it was it was outdoors in St. Louis in the summer, which means usually it's you know it's 100 degrees and it's 100% humidity, and trying to keep the... Uh, prosthetics on my face and the mustache and the goatee and everything I constantly was lying underneath this huge stage with glue and uh, you know between every time I had a moment off stage I was gluing this mustache on as it turns out Scott was not the only one who was called upon to sing on the series here you hear Dean Stockwell aka Admiral Al Kalavicki singing the alphabet soup rap from the season 2 episode of the title shock theater Say it! You're no loony tune in a big white room. You're a monster mind of the future. Move it fast, don't let the future pass. Stand up and say, I'm pleased to meet you. Now you're my man, I'm a fan. You got to understand that you got the power to write, to read. You know it's guaranteed. Plant the seed and you get the flower. Say it! A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. And now the poser for later in this podcast. In the episode, Piano Man, what was unusual about Scott's role as Dr. Sam Beckett in that episode? Stay tuned, and I'll be back with the answer later in this podcast. Thank you very much, Vartok, for that uh, wonderful uh, music segment. It's just... Uh, yeah, a lot of people won't realize how good a singer and even dancer, which shows up sometimes in Quantum Leap, uh, Scott Bakula, they, they really picked the right person for this, and we'll talk about that. Well, right about now, because 
here we go with our quantum leap discussion and, and everything that goes with that, I guess. Theorizing that one could time travel within his own lifetime, Dr. Sam Beckett stepped into the quantum leap accelerator and vanished. He awoke to find himself trapped in the past, facing mirror images that were not his own, and driven by an unknown force to change history for the better. His only guide on this journey is Al, an observer from his own time, who appears in the form of a hologram that only Sam can see and hear. And so Dr. Beckett finds himself leaping from life to life, striving to put right what once went wrong, and hoping each time that his next leap will be the leap home. Quantum Leap, that is the uh, intro that accompanied many of the episodes of this uh, wonderful TV series that started uh, back in March of 1989. It ran for five seasons in total on NBC to all the way to May 5th, 1993. Uh, like Vartok said, it, it, it starred two main characters, really, and it was sort of an anthology-type TV series, which is a, a unique thing, and we'll talk more about that here in a minute uh, but, but Quantum Leap, uh, yeah, starred uh, basically two people. It starred uh, the actor uh, that we already heard singing there in Vartok's segment. We heard Scott Bakula. He played the main character, Dr. Sam Beckett. Uh, he is the guy that's leaping uh, throughout time, throughout the TV series. And his sort of partner and friend, Al, uh, played by Dean Stockwell, who uh, everyone in recent times known uh, knows Dean Stockwell as one of the uh, Cylons from Battlestar, the new Battlestar Galactica. He was Cabal on Battlestar Galactica. So those are the two main actors that really carried the show successfully for five years for NBC. And, you know, looking back on it now, it's always true with with to me great shows and 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 casting is so important and the getting these two actors to do these jobs really what was uh, just a stroke of genius and, and I'll I'll say why here in a couple of minutes but let's go back a little bit more uh this show was created by a guy named Donald uh, P Belisario he was a, a big time TV creator producer in the 80s and that he rec- he did a lot of shows he did things like uh, uh the Tales of the Gold Monkey, Magnum P.I., Airwolf. Uh, he was mainly known for, like, action-adventure type shows, things that were, you know, kind of testosterone and Top Gun kind of driven TV, I call it. Uh, a lot of fun to watch, but not a huge amount of depth to it and meat, and, and uh, I don't know how to say it exactly, but pretty simple stories. Uh, you know, he tried to include characters that were interesting and give them a little background and depth as shows would go on, but not really uh certainly not sci-fi exactly although i guess airwolf was a little bit but you know the shows that i enjoyed but but again uh you know cops and robbers to a degree sometimes you know catch the bad guys and move on to another episode uh quantum leap was quite a bit different and he what he was trying to do was create something in in a little book i'm looking through for get some information for uh today's podcast the making of quantum leap uh, sort of an unauthorized guide done by a guy named hal schuster wrote this 
but he was trying, uh, it says in here, he's trying to create a show that was different, you know, a kind of a Twilight Zone anthology show that would have sort of reoccurring, a couple of reoccurring characters, but new guest stars kind of week after week, kind of like what they did with the old Batman TV show, and it's been done at other times. But this is what's known as kind of a network no-no. You know, it's, it's much simpler to just have a sort of a main cast and, you know, write a script for that main cast, even like Star Trek has always done. Maybe slide in a couple of guest stars each week, but that's about it. To have a show changing, you know, where it's, where it's filmed, whether it's on location or in a studio, and a different look for every episode and a different style of script, and, and, and just having everything change week after week, was like, you know, are you crazy? Do you want to blow our budget, uh, you know, for the whole season in one episode? Or what are you trying to do? The The basic premise is, is this about this show. Like he said in the beginning here, it's a time travel kind of experiment that went wrong. Sam Beckett is a scientist. He's a physicist, extremely bright, extremely smart. He has multiple degrees. He's a, he's a medical doctor. He has a, a vast amount of knowledge. And he started to work on this project called Project Quantum Leap. And what that, in essence, was, was he wanted to be able to leap through time, to to jump from one point in time to another. And they explain this a few times throughout the series. Think of your life as, as one big loop. You're born is one end of, uh, or, or think of it first as a string. You're born at the very beginning, at the beginning of the string, and you die whenever that might be. If you're still alive, that hasn't happened yet. But at the other end is your death. You connect both ends of those, the beginning, the birth, and the death, and you have a loop. Now, think about this. If you can kind of figure out a way uh, through, you know, science and, and leaping and physics to sort of scrunch up that time loop that you are traveling through, say Sam was about, I guess he was supposed to be late 30s, 40 or something when the show occurred, something around there, 35. But whatever it is, the number of years that you've been around is one big loop. And Sam theorized that you could jump from say, uh, when you're age 35 to maybe when you're age 10, or not when you're age 10 exactly, but to that time, whatever year that would happen to be, you'd be able to jump just within your own lifetime. Now, again, this is just all pseudoscience, things that is, you know, created for the TV show and the Bible that was kind of written for the show. But the point was, it, there was a, a few things. One, unlike other time series like Time Tunnel and other that, uh, Belisario did not, he didn't really want Sam to be interacting with major huge events in history. He didn't want him to show up in the Civil War in one week and aboard the Titanic in another week and, and way in the past with dinosaurs another week. For one, that, that becomes even more complicated to do production-wise. Production but the other thing is uh, he didn't want to do that because he felt that that was very hard for the audience to relate to. If you could keep it within the, the last like, 30, 40 years that the audience was uh, watching the show, most people, unless you're super young or something like that, could kind of relate to that. You know, they may not have lived through all that time, but they could kind of relate to it. Things hadn't changed that much. So that kept it kind of grounded in reality, even though it's a sci-fi TV show. Uh, the other real big point that uh, that Belisario was trying to do with the show was he was doing something kind of like what Gene Roddenberry did. He was trying to really create sort of a sci-fi premise for a show, but a show then that allowed him to tackle certain types of issues and things that, you know, maybe w things that people really normally wouldn't uh, tackle on TV. Things such as racism, bigotry, um, you know, there was even, you know, episodes uh, dealing with the handicapped. 
uh, war veterans, uh, just a whole numerous, you know, unwed mothers, uh, discrimination for sex, race, uh, religious type, type things came up in, in, in different episodes. I mean, just lots of things that he wanted to take on, it, you know, maybe not dead face front and all that, but he he had little ways to put these things in episodes that made you think, even if you weren't really thinking on maybe his way and, and his side of things, by the end of the episode, you could see uh, things from, you know, Sam's side. And let me explain that a little bit if you're not familiar with Quantum Leap. When, when Sam would leap, he didn't himself, well, he did actually, this is sort of complicated, but let me see if I can explain it fairly well. Um, he would go in, when he first started on this journey, he went into this little acceleration chamber, the quantum, whatever they call it, quantum accelerator, and he, he vanished. His, his, his physical body was gone. He, he left. What he would do when he leaped into uh, another life in the past, and, and here's the whole neat concept of this show, it wouldn't just be him and his body that that would be there. It wouldn't be like in the time tunnel, if anyone knows that show. These people were just transported back through time and plunk, there you are. Just like you are in the present, but now you're in the past, if you know what I mean. He would sort of leap into someone else's life. And what that meant was his body was there, but to everyone around him, he would appear to look like and sound like and everything of whatever person he leapt into. Uh, you know, sometimes that was was a younger person, an older person, a black person, maybe that he wasn't. It could be a child. Uh, it could it could be uh, lots of things. I, I you know, he was even a, a test chimp in one episode for the space program. Uh, um, but the uh, but he was actually there. His physical body and the person that he leapt into left. They were then thrown into the future in the. Uh, acceleration chamber where where Sam had left from. And so each time, each week, each episode, he would leap into sort of a new life. Everyone around him would believe he's this person. He knew who he was, although that's a little complicated too. His his mind was a little bit messed up from the from this journey through time, especially in the early episodes. He couldn't really remember exactly what happened to him. And he had to deal with the situations that uh, were presented to him. I'm going to take a break. I've been talking and re- you know running on for uh, about the show, and it's it's always hard to get going on these subjects and and how to hit it with uh, you know give you enough background if you don't know the show, but also bring in some things that you uh, might not have heard of if you're a, a big fan of it. Let me play a clip from the show, and I'll come back and uh, talk more Quantum Leap. Look at that. Oh, that's uh, sheet lightning. I never saw lightning like that before. And there are no clouds. I can see the stars. You know, that's about where they set off the first atomic bomb. No kidding. And some people say there's still a top secret project out there. Something to do with the deep space probe or... Uh... Control! Yeah, what's happening, Gushy? He's leaping! CD said no! But Sam's leaping! can't leave. We're not ready. Tell Sam that. Put him on. I can't. He's in the accelerator. Ah! Ah! What do I do? Nothing. Any interference could kill her. I'll be there in two minutes. Hang on, beautiful. 
that clip is uh, very much in the uh, first part of the pilot first episode of Quantum Leap where Al gets the call when he's driving around uh, about Sam taking off and, and leaping uh, using this uh, acceleration uh, chamber, the Quantum Leap Accelerator, as it's called, I guess. <laughs> anyway, the, they start out the show where, where Sam just leaps off. They don't really go into a lot of time or anything like that where he's working on the project. Uh, and you, you don't get a really sense until the show sort of continues to progress of why he was doing this, you know, what was the reason and, and all of that. But he, he's extremely smart, and this was just something that he was working on. His Again, his partner there, Al Calvecchi, uh, played by Dean Stockwell, uh, sort of accompanies him on these little journeys. He can appear to Sam in the form of a hologram, uh, which which is a great thing because it gives him sort of a partner and helps him with each episode. Basically, Sam, week after week, would be in these new situations, and the premise was that he had to write something that had gone wrong or fix something there, and then when that would be, uh, when he would take care of that, and it wasn't always very clear on what that would be, he would leap out. Then he would leap to a new life and a new situation week after week, and they would very uh, cleverly, they would sort of tease that new uh, situation at the end of the episodes to get you to kind of come back for the next week. And again, the variety of, of, of places and things that he leaped into was was really uh, excellent and well done over the seasons that they were on. All different ty- kinds of uh, situations, and uh, there was one, I'm going to play this next clip for you, about uh, when he leaps into the life of a black man living in the South uh, in the late 50s. So listen to this one. I didn't know exactly where I was, but it was obviously too far south to be a black man. Jesse! Jesse Tyler! You come over here this instant! Maybe all I'm here to do is help a little old lady across the street, or get her cat down out of the tree, or deliver this lunch to Miss Melanie. Jesse, it has got to be 100 degrees. You left me standing here in all this heat. I told you I was going to Sumter's for five minutes. Five minutes! And all you had to do was pick up my egg salad at Miss Patty's. I never did understand why that salad was so good. Why do I get the feeling this isn't going to be a good day? Yeah, that was a great episode. Uh, one of the early ones, too, I think, in the first season that they tackled that uh, topic of you know, racism in the South, uh, being a black man down in the Deep South during the late 50s. Uh, just a great thing. And, and, again, if you don't know the show, the way Sam would kind of know where and, and what was going on with him, a couple of things. He could look into a, a mirror. If he looked into some kind of reflection, either a glass or, or a mirror, he would see the, the person that he was now um, had, had sort of taken over their life. Again, it's his body that's back there, but there's sort of the idea of this aura or some kind of field around him, whatever you want to call it. Everyone else in the world would treat him a, as this person that he's replaced, uh, man, woman, child, like I said, black, white, whatever. They would think it's it's that person. He would sound like that and look like that and all. He would generally have to then still kind of wear their clothing and those kinds of things, which was kind of humorous sometimes. The the few times I think he leapt into the life of a, of a woman especially was kind of funny. I think I can remember him tripping over wearing these heels and stuff. And then Al, of course, would show up in this hologram situation, and he would give uh, – he had this little – 
uh, com, not comlink, uh, like a little hand link, little uh, computer that would allow him access to information to this supercomputer called Ziggy in the future that would try to track and figure out, you know, Sam would say, hey, I'm here. I, I, this is the name of the person I'm, I'm, you know, living in. This is the time period. What's going on? And they would throw a few things that would go on in the episodes to sort of figure out what's going on and try to solve the problem. And and that was kind of unique. You know, sometimes they would find something that was real obvious, and it turned out it was something other than that that he had to take care of and then leap away to a new situation each time. And the um, the thing about his memory, I'm going to play this other clip for you here now. This is actually just a little bit later in the first pilot episode again. Uh, I get the the thing, the weird thing that they did with his memory, and this was sort of to get around a few little things in the show. But he would know most of his 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 basic knowledge, and and he knew medicine and a lot of other things that he had degrees in. But his memory, his personal memories, were all jumbled up when he first took his uh, first quantum leap. Although those started to settle in and become a little more clear as as time would go on. So listen to this clip. <sighs> We did it. Did what? I can't remember. I can't remember anything. Who am I? Where am I? Up with the coffee on Tom. Oh, boy. I'm in big trouble here. I don't even remember going to bed with this woman, whoever she is. And whoever she is, she's certainly pregnant. Very pregnant. Good morning. One of the one of the best fun things about this this show to me was each week being something kind of new and different and original and the audience would would sort of have an easy time identifying with with uh Sam uh, with Dr. Beckett with Scott Bakula's character because he was thrust into a new situation each week. He had to learn what was going on, what he needed to do, and so forth. And so did the audience. So sort of like a detec- uh, kind of a detective show a little bit, but you got to sort of live uh, you know, through his life and what he was having to deal with each time. And like I said, the I, there were some very strong episodes. Uh, this this series won a, a few awards. Scott won uh, a Golden Globe for his uh, portrayal of Sam Beckett, and it was a fairly well respected show, even though it had a few problems in, in terms of ratings at times. And and still, the NBC though was pretty behind the series and stuck by it, even though it took a while for it to take off. Actually, when I first started to watch this, I started to watch it. I think. Uh, either late in this first season or, or, or sometime in the second season, second season even, and had to kind of get caught up on it. I didn't watch it from day one, uh, and but I had heard good things, and then I started to finally watch it and then was completely hooked after just watching a few episodes. So it, it's um, something I, I didn't quite, wasn't there at the very start of it. But just like a lot of people, I think, also were, and, and another reason, like I said, NBC at the time, uh, unlike the the way networks seem to be these days, where a show after a couple of episodes, hey, if you're not getting monster ratings, you're, you're gone. <laughs> they seem to be much quicker these days with the hatchet to to drop shows than than maybe uh, in in this time frame in the in the late 80s. And like I said, uh, 
with this show at least in particular, NBC was really behind it. And, and they liked, I think, the cast, and they liked the people working on it. You know, Scott got to really showcase a lot of his various talents of acting and, and everything he could do in singing, like Vartok mentioned. It, it just it was almost a dream come true kind of role, I think, because each week he'd get to do something kind of a little different. He wasn't playing really the same character in a way. He had to try to blend into whatever new situation he was thrust into, along with trying to figure out what to do about uh, wherever he was at. One thing I mentioned a little earlier was that they tried to make this series uh, outside of uh, history. They only dealt with you know, your average kind of people, I, and I don't mean that in any kind of bad way. They just, they, the point was he wasn't going to go back and stop, you know, such and such from being assassinated or, or stop some major uh, natural catastrophe or anything like that. It was, it was just to, to take care of a few little things, but that, there was sort of a ripple effect going on. You know, if you put a certain person on a certain path or help them in just a little way, sometimes that can open a door to another thing or they can affect another person and so on and so forth and eventually those things start to add up and and again that's what i really enjoyed about the show however they did occasionally later in this in the series in, in later episodes in that did start to have him interact with and and come in contact with very uh well-known figures uh and some pretty big big uh well-known ones characters and or not characters but people like marilyn monroe uh, Elvis, uh, which I've got a clip in a few minutes I'll play related to that. Uh, but I want to slide in here. So I, I've got a couple of clips from people talking about Quantum Leap that they sent in. And I wanted to slip those in during my discussion a little bit. So I'm going to take a break, get a little uh, green tea. And here, I think first up, I'm going to play, uh, this is from Feathers over, uh, this is Mike's comment about, uh, yeah, Quantum Leap. Rico, Mike from London, Feathers on the Forum. Glad to see you looking at Quantum Leap this week, because certainly when it came out over here, I can't remember when that was, but it was one of those series that grabbed me from the beginning, and I watched most of the way through, and really liked the way they developed it right from the beginning, with Sam Beckett proving his scientific theory, I guess, and, and leaping back in time, albeit jumping into somebody else's body, which I don't think he was expecting, but jumping in there with no real memory of who he was or what he was doing, and subsequently thinking he'd gone mad because they'd set the whole thing up with Al being able to follow him in holographic form and Ziggy the little bleeping box or whatever it was and then they, they took it from there and developed his memory slowly as memory of the real world came back to him as well as some of the memories of the characters he was he was playing I liked the way that Scott Bakula took on the different characters I remember the first episode where he was female and okay it was a bloke running around screen on a, in a skirt or whatever it was but by the end of it even I believed that he thought he was a woman and the uh, Black guy in the South is one of the roles he took on. That sort of thing he seems to do really well as, as portraying these different characters, even looking like himself. One of the things I remember, obviously, is that the trademark oh boy, with the reveal for the next episode, came on at the end of each. But also the, the standard mirror scene where he got to look at himself as he was in this particular episode. And other things that cropped up along, like the, the famous people that always seem to pop up. The obvious one I remember is Buddy Holly sitting on the farm singing to... Piggy Sue, which the uh, Sam could never help himself from correcting the little things, and it was the, the little humorous moment before the end of each episode. I don't know how far through the series they carried that on. But it was one of those series that Im improved as it went along. The, the first series or two, I think, were a lot of standalone episodes, but by the time you got the end of two, the beginning of three, you started to get Sam jumping into his own history. At one point, he was himself at 12, or, or Al's history. He was 
jumping into somewhere where I think Al's wife was at a time when Al was a prisoner in Vietnam and then a few episodes later Sam was there in his brother's platoon in Vietnam and the, the reveal at the end that, that Al was also there, they could have rescued him and Al had kept Sturm all the way through and not said a thing which was quite an emotional episode I remember. Then they also jumped to the odd Here and Now episode with Al defending the programme and trying to shut it down. And I just like series that step out of themselves occasionally in that way and um, do different, slightly different things from the norm. It's so easy to do the same thing week after week and probably easy with the executives to know it'll bring in the money. I think my viewing of this tailed off towards the end, though having looked over the list of, of shows on the internet today, I recognise at least the first half of the last season. But once it started to get all mystical about the whys and, and the hows and what was going on and, and who was causing it all, and I sort of started to become clear that they really weren't going to wrap it all up, and I, I started to lose interest in it. As I say, I, I missed the end of the, the last season, but I did see the last episode, and from what little I remember, it was quite odd. Thanks for bringing back those memories on that one. I'll be interested to see what you've managed to dig up on it. I'm sure I'll talk to you again. I'll see you around. Cheers. Well, thanks very much for your comments, Mike. Always great to hear from you. And uh, I wasn't ever sure how, how well or how much Quantum Leap uh, did in the UK and how it went over. But I've got another UK uh, listener's comment as well to play here in a few minutes. And you guys really seem to chime in well about this uh, show. Uh, the other thing about Quantum Leap that was great was, you know, there were a lot of, they could get a lot of excellent uh, guest stars to show up on the show. Let me give you a uh, just kind of a real brief list of some of the people that showed up during the, the run of this series. Bob Sackett, Charles Rocket, Neil Patrick Harris, uh, Brooke Shields, Roddy McDowell, Chubby Checker, uh, Patricia Richardson, Patrick Warbenton, Claudia Christian, James Morrison, uh, Amy Yazbek, uh, Tia Kirer, uh Beverly Mitchell, Jennifer Aniston, Terry Farrell, Robert Duncan McNeil, Jason Priestley, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, Carla Gugnio, however you say her name, Terry Hatcher, Marsha Cross, uh, just a whole bunch of guest stars over the course of this series, and a, and a whole bunch more than that. That's just a little brief run through. Uh, the uh, there was an episode uh, like Mike mentioned, which which was very. There was a lot of really emotional, powerful episodes throughout this series. R- really, things that would bring a tear to your eye, or a smile or, or both within a, a short span of time in the same episode. And in one uh, series that they did of episodes, I think this was in the early part of season three, was called The Leap Home, where he actually leapt into his life, but as a younger boy of about 12 or 13 or something like that, meeting his parents and seeing his parents again at that, at that age. Uh, he lived on a farm growing up, and, and, he, and he first appears when he, when he leaps back in a cornfield. I've got a little clip from that where he... The neat thing about this episode that, that was fun was that he actually played a dual role. Scott Bakula played his father in old age makeup as, as his father in, in the uh, episode, along with playing, of course, himself as a small boy. So listen to this uh, short clip from A Leap Home. What's wrong, Sam? Nothing. I'm... I'm just really glad to see you. I'll go get Dad. Why don't you wipe back you down and hook her up? 
Yes, sir. Hello, Aggie. Stayed after practice to shoot baskets, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I guess I did. Well, I admire your dedication, but, uh, you got chores, son. Won't happen again. Hell, it won't. Sam, you're only 16. You can't expect to play as good as your brother did his senior year. Tom was all state. Tom was 18. You're still growing. Not so sure about that. Harriet, you used to do a whole lot better. But I guess we're all getting old. <laughs> You're not old, Dad. <laughs> you look just the way I remember you. What, since you left for school this morning? I love you, Dad. Yeah, that was a, a great set of episodes. He also, I think Mike mentioned, he gets involved a little bit with his uh, his brother, Tom, who is in Vietnam. He ends up in his platoon over there, and... Uh, those are uh, some great episodes to see. It just they're all great. <laughs> I hate to say, you know, if there's always a, th- some that are better than others, but you know, this is a series. It, you know, even doing this podcast for me, I noticed today I was trying to gather up some clips and do some things, and I only have the first season on DVD, and I was trying to get some other stuff, and I noticed that Netflix, you can pretty much watch uh, all the episodes streaming via Netflix. So if you're a Netflix member there's a good chance to uh, to see these episodes if you haven't seen them before. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's lots of different ways. Hulu and other streaming sites have some of them up, but uh, mostly it looks like some of the earlier ones in that, but not all of them. Anyway, but what else did I want to cover? There's just so much to talk about about this series that, uh, you know, I could go on for multiple podcasts. I could have created a whole you know, Quantum Leap podcast, you know, just that's all I talk about every week, just like I do kind of Star Trek a little bit. You know, there's five seasons, almost 100 episodes to cover. I do want to get into the last episode. I am going to talk about that because that's kind of controversial, I think, a little. And I wanted to clear up a few things and and at least give my comments about that. I've also got another clip here. Uh, We mentioned and talked about Sam's, uh, or not really just Sam, but Scott Bakula's ability in singing. There was an episode where he actually leaps into the role of of Elvis Presley. And uh, one of the things that he has to do is sort of get a a record contract. So he does this little singing number in in sort of a a diner. And uh, he does a really good job. So listen to this uh, clip about Sam uh, singing like Elvis. Oh, uh, Sam, uh, they're still sitting. Um, Now listen, don't hold anything back now. Just really belt it out. College. You may go to school. You may have a pink Cadillac, but don't you be nobody's fool. Come back, come back, baby, come. Come back, baby. I wanna play house with you. Well, listen to me, baby. What I'm talking about. Come on back to me, little girl, so we can play some house now, baby. Come on back, baby. Come back, baby, baby. Come on back. I want to play house with you. Hey. A white man with a black voice. Well, this is one thing, baby. 
So, you know, over the course of this series, you know, they tackled just so many different topics and issues. It's hard to go into each of them. I've briefly touched on some, and there is so much more. Some episodes were, were fairly contained and, and didn't have a, you know, a big, big message. It would be just some kind of, you know, somebody was being, you know, abused even, you know, or there was a murder that he had to solve or, or who knows what. I mean, some of them were fairly less... Uh, you know, thematic, is that the right way? Or, I don't know, they, they, they didn't have a huge, huge message or, or meaning. And, and I, I don't want to make it sound like that this was some kind of preachy TV show and trying to, to make the world different or whatever. But it maybe in its own little way it was able to do that and give some people uh, something more to think about and uh, open their heads and minds a little bit more. I do want to uh, talk briefly about, like I said, the final episode. This was at the end of the last season, of course, and I think the episode's name is called Mirror Image. I have a fairly long clip for this episode, and this episode was quite a bit different. Uh, the The story goes uh, that the uh, originally the episode was kind of written to just be the end of the season, a season kind of finale, maybe a little bit of a cliffhanger. But uh, when they didn't get a renewal for the sixth season, they they revised this script and this storyline to to function as a series finale. In other words, to sort of wrap things up. And the ongoing real question for this show was always, you know, why was Sam leaping through time from place to place? What was the purpose? Was there was there a higher purpose? Was there someone directing this? Was it just random? You know, they always almost called it God or something like that that was directing Sam around to these different lives to help fix things and to help write what once went wrong and that kind of talk. Um, but in this last episode, he meets someone. He's in this sort of bar and he meets this bartender that starts to give him some information. And this, this last episode always kind of reminded me a little bit of the uh, the end of The Wizard of Oz. Because as Sam finds out, and, and as Dorothy also finds out, they, they've they always been able to go home if they wanted to. And it's it's themselves that, that are really key to the whole thing. So anyway, listen to this. It's about three, three and a half minutes long or something like that. And this is... A, a, and if you want to see this for yourself for the first time, if you've never seen it, you know, you can skip ahead a little. But this kind of uh, tells you a little bit about what their um, point is and what the ideas are about the, the way this show uh, has been moving and why Sam has been leaping through time. You are the one who's been leaping me, aren't you? I wouldn't say that. But what would you say? That he's been leaping you through time. No. No, no, no. No way. No way will I buy that. Why did you create Project Quantum Leap, Sam? To travel in time. Why did you want to travel through time? Because I I, I wanted to... uh, To make the world a better place? Of course, to make the world a better place. To put right what once went wrong? Yes. But not one life at a time. I got Mother Teresa here. Do you really think that all you've done is change a few lives? Basically, yes. At the risk of overinflating your ego, Sam, you've done more. 
the lives you've touched touched others and those lives others you've done a lot of good sam beckett and you can do a lot more i don't want to do more i want to go home then why haven't you because i don't control my future you do sam you will only do this as long as you want to are you saying i can leap home anytime i want technically yes what's the catch the catch is that you have to accept that you control your own destiny we're getting a lot Thank God! Sam! Come on, outside, Sam! Come here! Hey, oh, it's so good to see you. I can't believe you oh, finally got here. I never here. thought I was gonna find you. Here, yeah, I'm here, but where, where's here? Where's here? Al's place. Ha! I always wanted my own bar. Yeah, well, this is more than a bar, Al. Uh, this is where it all started. Al, what started? Quantum Leap. But no, uh, but this isn't, this isn't New Mexico. No, 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 not the project. You remember the first time I leaped? And we all felt that someone or something grabbed me. Yeah? He's the someone or something that grabbed me. You the bartender? Yeah. That bartender's been leaping me around. He wants me to believe that I'm the one leaping me, but I, I, where would you like to go, Sam? Home. I'd like to go home, but I can't. I've got a wrong to put right for Al. You knew that, didn't you? God bless Sam. next leap that sam takes at the uh right after the you hear the quantum leap sound and the effects go off there is sam leaps to uh meet up with uh, al's wife when al was in and younger when he was in vietnam he was captured and ended up being a pow and uh what sam does is sam leaps into um I guess it's somebody's life there in that time period, but he goes basically to tell Al's wife Beth uh, when Sam, uh, or sorry, when Al is is missing in Vietnam, she, he tells her that 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 uh, that Al is okay, that Al is going to return to her, that he's a prisoner, but he will return, and that changes Al's life dramatically. You know, Al's kind of this womanizing, you know, kind of you know, he's a little sleazy. In a way, you know, Sam and Al are best friends, but he he has been married and divorced numerous times. He, his life didn't turn out really the way 
maybe he would have liked. And he always would talk about his first wife, Beth. And what happened to Al originally was that Al's uh, wife, Beth, basically didn't wait for him to, to return from Vietnam. He was like a POW over there, I don't know, for like a long time, months and months and months. And she kind of gave up on him. And Sam's last leap that we see is basically he does something for his friend. He goes back, tells Beth, tells his wife, just wait, he'll be okay. And like, you know, the bartender said there, Sam finds out that even though he could leap out and leap home and be done with all of this, Sam has a very strong set of morals. He's kind of like, you know, Peter Parker. He's been given this ability, these these powers to do good and he can't really give that up no matter how much he wants to no matter how much he doesn't want to continue with this he like he says in this last episode you know a a number of times he just wants to go home and be done with it he he just can't let it go he he does that you know very noble thing and good thing for his friend there and then you get this message in the last episode that goes across the screen where they tell you how Al, you know, Al's, you know, life is this. He stayed married to Beth. Beth waited for him. They had all these kids and so forth. And then the last, uh, the last thing they show you and say on the screen is Sam Beckett, Dr. Sam Beckett, never returned home. In other words, he continues to move and leap through time, through his history, through his life to, to right wrongs and, and all of that. So, uh a very noble uh, thing, you know, to sacrifice your your life, really, to do that. So uh, great show, great series. Uh, I'm going to take a, a little break. I'm going to talk a little bit more about it. But uh, here is uh, Tim's comments about Quantum Leap. Hello, Rico. It's Tim here from Shoreham by Sea near Brighton. And when I heard you were covering Quantum Leap for your podcast, I uh, had to send in a comment. Quantum Leap probably my second favourite TV show of all time behind Star Trek. I used to watch it avidly um, back in the late 80s as a teenager. And um, Scott Bakula and and, um, and Dean Stockwell, yes, uh, had a great relationship in that. And um, I enjoyed pretty much every episode. I, didn't, I don't think I ever remember seeing one Duff episode except for the one where he comes back as a vampire, a supposed vampire which I thought was a bit poor. Uh, some of my favourite episodes in- include one where he comes back as Jimmy, the guy with Down Syndrome. I think there's, there's three parts. Uh, he, he revisits Jimmy three times throughout the, the, the run of the show. And um, it's, there's a very good part where there's another... The Evil Leaper is introduced as well. Can't remember her name. Or the, girl, or the woman that was guiding her. Um, but... Al, back to Al and his lovely uh, little computer thing which he held, it looked like a flattened Rubik's Cube and it always made screaming little noises and he'd have to tap it and um, it often made many mistakes. Oh, I've just thought of another favourite episode, the one where he comes back as a taxi, a black taxi driver and um, he sees an angel, I think a big fat opera singer, is she an opera singer or an actress? Comes back as an angel, that's a really nice touching episode. Um, so as I say, I really enjoyed uh, Quantum Leap. I remember the, the final episode, how, how lovely it was in, in many ways, um, seeing Al. Um, I can't remember exactly what, what the premise of the story was, but I, I remember seeing him seeing a young Al dancing 
with his wife-to-be or his girlfriend at the time. I should have done some research into this before spouting on about it. Um, but I also remember being quite disappointed because there wasn't any closure as such. And um, the last the last thing you see on Quantum Leap was a load of black and white stills. And I, I never really got what the producers and the writers were trying to put across. Um, you know, were you really supposed to make up your own mind as to what happened? Perhaps I'm just being a little bit dense and um, I haven't seen that for a long, long time, that episode, so I might, I might understand it a bit more now. Uh, but back then I was watching it as a teenager and I, it, it was just sort of, it was fresh and new back then. And um, I used to watch it with my dad. And uh, here I go again, just, just rambling along. So I just wanted to say thank you very much for covering Quantum Leap. As I say, my second favourite show. And it was nice to see Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell working together on Enterprise. Um, yeah, they're both bloody good actors, actually. And um, that's about it. I can think of plenty more to say, but it's going to sound rubbish. So I'm going to stop here. So thank you once again, Rico, for covering Quantum Leap. And uh, fine podcast, as always. And I, as long as you continue to make it, I will continue to listen. Until next time, Rico. Cheers now. Bye-bye, mate. Thank you very much, Tim, for your comments. Yeah, you, I think, uh, did a, you know, a good job with uh, remembering what was going on. I know it, it's, it's difficult. You know, you, I, I would love to be able to, in a perfect world, you know, I would sit down and watch like a whole bunch of these before doing the podcast. But I'm, I'm going by a little research, you know, both in some books that I have internet and and memory uh when i talk about subjects like this uh, but the again the main thing though that i wanted to get across because this came up on the forums a little bit recently was about this last episode and what i thought about it versus other people's opinions it seems to be that there's a lot of people that that really didn't care for it and i can remember at the time that there was a little bit of slight disappointment on my part but it was mostly because you know, here a guy who's worked for years, you know, or, or not really worked, but I mean, he struggled and strived for years to try to help people, and and he just doesn't get a break. I mean, he, he but he he's deciding it for himself, and I think that was the point that the people writing and, and making the show were trying to make that it wasn't a higher power, it wasn't any anything else than that. It was Sam himself who wanted to to fix these things, who wanted the ability to go back in time and change. I mean, just think, uh, you know, in your own lives, everyone does, you know, you turn left instead of right, or you, you, you make different decisions and different choices. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people out there would love to be able to go back and maybe change something in the past or maybe see someone or talk to someone again that they maybe, you know, is no longer around. I, I certainly feel that way at times. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot about this show that, that becomes very personal and very appealing and gets me pretty choked up, frankly, sometimes watching some of them. But uh, uh, just a, a great show overall. Uh, very, very well done. Uh, you know, Dean Stockwell and Scott Bakula, like you said, Tim, terrific actors, did a great job on this. Scott Bakula was just amazing to me. I mean, some of the episodes, there was a whole episode I know, I remember where he was in this mental hospital because of everything that was going on. And he, and he started to snap into old, like, personalities and bring back. Those things were sort of flashing and people thought he was nuts. And, uh, you know, there, that was kind of a show, I think, a little bit on, on shock therapy. And, and it was just so 
amazing to watch. Uh, I, I can't say enough good things. I, I'm with you, Tim. This is definitely one of my top favorite series uh, of all time. So check out Quantum Leap, everyone. If you've never seen it, please do so. I, I, uh, I am sure that you will enjoy it and uh, get a kick out of it as much as I have. And I hope I've, I've mentioned a few things. Uh, it, it's always such a big subject. You know, a, a show that ran for five seasons, lots of episodes, and, and especially this one being so different each week is very hard to cover. So I hope I've uh, done an okay job. Got a few last things to, to cover, and, and then we'll wrap up the show. Uh, I think next up I want to play the answer segment for Vartok's musical uh, interlude and I will come back with more. On the day I walked away All the blue rolled into gray Hi everyone, this is Bartok again, with the answer to the question posed earlier to what was special about Scott Bakula's role in the Season 3 episode titled Piano Man. Well, in this episode, Sam leaps into Joey DiNardo, a.k.a. Chuck Danner, a lounge singer in the Witness Protection Program who must keep himself and his accident-prone girlfriend from being killed for the murder he witnessed three years ago. Well, as it turns out, Scott not only performed the song you've been listening to, called Somewhere in the Night, but he also wrote it. Let's just all hope that Scott Bakula never has to end up his career singing in lounge bars. That would just be too much to bear. Well, that's it for this music and sci-fi segment. And now back to you, Rico. Thanks, Vartok, for that you know great uh, bit on Scott and the music of Quantum Leap. Uh, yeah, it's it was so much fun to see that, and and I think as an actor, he had, he got such a kick out of being able to do a lot of singing, dancing, and a lot of different things during his run on the, on the show. Probably maybe one of his more uh, favorite roles he's ever done, I think. Uh, so there's the look at Quantum Leap. I hope everyone's enjoyed it. Uh, there was so much more I could talk about. Uh, you know, one of the producers, uh, actually, uh, wives, Deborah Pratt, uh, she did the voice there, you know, the, the, the female voice that says, uh, you know, trapped in the past, you know, Dr. Sam Beckett, you know, so forth, and the, the little intro that I played earlier on. Uh, lots of little details like that, uh, but seek it out. It's it's well worth seeing Quantum Leap uh, whenever you get a chance. Uh, that's it for this week, folks. I'm just going to wrap up the show now. It's getting uh, kind of long. I think I'm going to play just a touch, though, at the very end here. Uh, Vartok also sent me uh, the, the Quantum Leap CD. I guess there, there are some tracks on there. There's a conversation with Scott Bakula about playing uh, on this series and playing uh, Dr. Beckett for Quantum Leap, uh, and uh, it's pretty interesting, but I don't have time. It's like a 12-minute conversation with Scott Bakula. I can't include it all on the podcast, but I'm going to play a little snippet of it here at the end just to take out the uh, show this week with. Uh, next week, though, uh, I wanted to remind everyone we're going to be looking at a Deep Space Nine episode called Little Green Men. After that, we're going to do sort of another time travel thing, or we're going to look at the Back to the Future trilogy of movies. That'll be in two weeks. 
And then after that, uh, we will be looking at the original series episode, The Changeling. The schedule is always up on the main website if you ever want to know what's coming up on the show. I always appreciate comments, audio comments sent in for uh, whatever the subject might be. If you, uh, if any of those subjects strike your fancy, send me an audio comment even now, and I'll hang on to it until I get to that particular show. So until next time, everyone, have a great week, and I will talk to you again next time. This is Rico for Treks and Sci-Fi. Bye-bye for now. We're here now with actor Scott Bakula. Back in the present again after five years of leaping through time as Dr. Sam Beckett on the popular series Quantum Leap. Scott, this must have been a very interesting sort of role for you, to play a character who in turn assumes the identities and the lives of all sorts of different people throughout recent history, regardless of age, race, sex, or even species, as is shown in one episode. What are your feelings on the role of Sam Beckett? It's probably one of the ultimate roles that's ever been created, I think, for television. Uh, I think what was fascinating to me about the role was that it continued to evolve throughout the course of the series. I'm not sure that any of us felt, or any of us knew when it started, what it was going to be ultimately. I think the first time I was a woman was a big deal, and everyone was curious and, and worried maybe that we couldn't pull it off. The first time I was a black man, the first time I was a lot of different things. But as we continued to have success and we continued to stretch people's imaginations and, and people's beliefs in, in what Sam could do, uh, we realized that uh, really the sky was the limit. And with that came, for me as an actor, just uh, hundreds of possibilities and just an incredible, great experience. In the last year of the series, they broke with tradition and started having you leap into real-life personalities such as Lee Harvey Oswald, Elvis Presley, and Dr. Ruth Westheimer. Is there anyone that you particularly would have wanted to leap into? Well, this is one of those questions that I always wished I had Dean's answer. Dean always said, yeah, I wish I could have leaped into Albert Einstein and convinced him not to create E equals MC squared so we wouldn't have the bomb and all this. You know, I have always said that I would have liked to have leaped into an episode somewhere concerning Martin Luther King or around Martin Luther King. I would have liked to have done uh, a show around uh, the Kennedys uh, as opposed to the Maryland end of the Kennedys yeah. or the Oswald end of the Kennedys. Um, I really was more of a sponge in this whole process and just kind of fielded whatever came my way and tried to be open to any kind of situation that came my way. We always wanted to be uh, do an episode where I was a baby and we never were able to do that. And I, oh. and I feel... Uh, bad about that because I thought that would have been a great yeah, That's too great bad. Show. You would have made a cute baby. <laughs> I don't think so, but it would have been fun to do. The show did give you an opportunity to showcase your wide range of singing talents as displayed on this album. When you decided to get into show business, was your focus more on being an actor or a singer? Well, the theater that I had done as a child and uh, growing up in St. Louis was predominantly musical theater. So when I had to make a decision of where to go when I was leaving St. Louis to pursue this business, um, it seemed obvious that I would go to New York City uh, and pursue the musical theater. So and the acting and the music came hand in hand for me, and it's just kind of my first love, I would say, uh, the musical theater. And then uh, to get to do a series like this and be presented with several opportunities to uh, sing on it.
One late little comment I just forgot about and I wanted to include. There is a fan film called A Leap to Die For, and die is just the word or the letters D-I, A Leap to Die For. This is a fan film uh, based around Quantum Leap that just was released on the internet uh, just a few months ago, and it revolves around Sam and his uh, dealings with Princess Diana. I will link it in the podcast notes for this week's edition of Treks in Sci-Fi. Talk to you again next time. Bye.